What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. So, Steve Krakauer, a friend of mine, uh, he's a producer with Megan Kelly. He used to work for, uh, for me at The Blaze. He's noticed something about the media. He says they're a little bit untrustworthy. Uh, and he's written a book uh, to, to explain what might be going on. Maybe, if you've noticed that too, you, uh, you might want to read this book. He's on with us here in 60 seconds. Want to know an important lesson I learned somewhere along the way? Life isn't just about me. Ah, yeah. I think I learned that when I sobered up. I'm not sure. It's about my kids. It's about my grandkids. It's about your family. It's about all of us together. People are the only thing that make any difference. Lifeboats, okay, get in the lifeboat. Yeah, the Titanic is sinking, great. We can build another one of those as long as we have the people. That's the only thing, you know, she threw at the end. I remember James Cameron in his documentary on the Titanic when the old lady threw the heart of the sea into the sea and I thought, she knows, it's about people. All right, listen, you want to take care of the people around you? There's so many things that could, well, I don't know, happen tomorrow that could put us into a tailspin and uh, food might become a problem for you. Maybe because it's just too expensive. My Patriot Supply is the way for you to have your pa- your family prepared for anything, even if it's just a snowstorm. Or, hey, today at 5 o'clock, did you see? They, they say maybe conditions for tornadoes Yay. here in Texas, Brand. which I love. I don't find them spooky at all. Anyway, um, each, um, each three-month emergency food kit that you order, it comes uh, with a, uh, a bonus. And that is all the things that you might need, $200 value, all the things that you need in an emergency. And it comes with each kit so everybody in the family would have uh, enough to be prepared. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Go there now. Steve, when you were, when did you, when did we work together? We w- I was here from 2013 to 2015, including working right here in this, uh, down, down the hall in the studio for, uh, for a couple of years. Oof. You were here in the dark days. Yeah. <laughs> the dark days of eight years dark ago. Dark days. And now you went to Megan Kelly. I think yes. she's hired everybody who's ever worked with me. Uh, yeah, Natasha, who's doing yeah, great. Yeah, she's oh, yeah. doing great. I yeah. love her. Um, what's it like to work for Megan? Megan's fantastic. I, I really, you know, I, I was such a fan of hers for, for years. I, I, yeah, me I first too. met her, I think, in 2009 on her Fox show. And just to see the evolution of what she's done. And now really being on the outside, but having... That, that real power when mm-hmm. it, that comes with the independent media these days. Um, it's just been great. You know, really, I, I think we, we go anywhere. We touch any of the third rails. She loves that, eats that up. And, and I think we're, you know, we, we can connect with an audience in a way that I think you just, you just can't in traditional media anymore. She so. is one of the people that I think um, a good number of people trust. Yeah. Because it's not just her agenda. I, I really believe that she's wrong about something. Boy, I got that one wrong. Right. You know, that doesn't happen in media. No, no. I think that so much of the corporate press these days, and I, I write about a lot in Uncovered, is so 
just panicked about the state of the business and about the, their standing in terms of like institutional power that that they they refuse to correct the record when they get it wrong to acknowledge it to have any so introspection help us out because Stu and i were talking about it um uh what yesterday or the day before if they just said wow do we get it we get it okay we are screwing this up. We made this mistake, this mistake, and we're going to take steps to correct those so it doesn't happen again. But we get it and we admit that there's been a problem that would do so much to restore even a hope of credible days coming your way. Right. But they won't do it. Do they are they afraid? Do they do they just not get it? Are they so arrogant that they think, no, America is wrong? Yes, I, I think that there's a there's a huge portion of that. You know, I, I after Trump was elected wow. in November 2016, which I actually do think was this really seminal moment. I talked to people in the book about how I mean, it was no one in that newsroom in New York and D.C. believed that was even possible. So this happens. And then I, I end up writing this proposal, this idea that, of, you know, how can you see in the media that you're blind spots? And I called in all my favors. This was April of 2017. Mm. Went to CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, and said, "Look, here's a little proposal on on maybe how you can reconnect, how you can have some introspection, and, and talk to the people, see what what was maybe missed." And there was a little bit of interest, but ultimately, you know, passed. And and that was really what turned into this book because it was it, it's it's something that's missing. And, and frankly, Glenn, I think what happened was instead of accepting that they missed something. They not only turned against Trump and the administration in, in a very strong and obvious way, but against the people that put him yeah. there. And that's just going the opposite direction. It is funny. I didn't know you were doing that. I did the same thing. And uh, I remember talking to Chuck, Chuck Todd, and I said, Chuck, huge blind spots here. Yeah. Huge blind spots. And, uh, you know, just don't continue down this path. I'd like to sit and talk with you or anybody else that would be interested so you can understand the other side. All they really wanted to do was, nobody took me up on it, but when I would talk to them on the phone, all they wanted to do was say, this was crazy. I guess we are missing something, right. but that guy's crazy. And, and then they just double down on it. I think we, we see it, though, literally by geography. I mean, we're, we both live in Dallas. You know, we're outside of the New York and D.C. establishment, I think, by design. And you see people that every day that have complicated, messy points of view. A lot of people I know who were gay and supported Trump. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. big Second Amendment supporters, but are Democrats. I mean, it's it's a mess. And so when you don't have that perspective in New York and D.C. newsrooms, that's what leads to these blind spots and and no introspection about it. You know, I know you say this in the book, and it's, it's practically a quote from Paul Harvey, who said, you want to fix the media, get them out of New York and Washington. He said, move them to Chicago. Right. Right. Yeah. Get them somewhere else in the country. Because because I, I do, you know, you talked in, in the last hour about the uh, the anti-freedom authoritarians. Yeah. And, and I, I write in the book, uh, I describe it as anti-speech activists in the media these days, um, because I actually think it's gotten significantly worse and more pernicious in how the media has handled the, the general public since Trump left office. We saw this, I think, almost beginning. I begin the book with the Hunter Biden laptop coverage because we now have a media that you would think the the one occupation that would care the most about free speech and the and the free flow of ideas that should be the media that should be journalists but instead it's gone the other way they have wanted to clamp down on information getting to the public we see this so much with covid and and so much in other stories where it's a real distrust in the public we we don't we don't know if you can handle this information and that's 
uh, actually think that's something that's gotten worse. I remember when I started here at the Blaze, we did this this campaign. I think it was called uh, "More Voices, Not Less." I have mm-hmm. a T-shirt with it. Mm-hmm. And even then, you know, 2013, it was like we don't want to get rid of MSNBC or the left. We want to get more voices out there. Right. And and there was a little bit of that of pushing against that at the time. But it has gotten so much worse in such a mm-hmm. short amount of time now, where I actually think it's really more concerning that the media themselves don't even understand that the the principles that they once had about you know, accepting a freedom of speech and, and the First Amendment. I don't I don't understand how they how they miss that. Everything they used to be for, including anti-war, it seems as though uh, the right is standing up for individual rights. They're standing up for all these things. And the left is diametrically opposed to everything they ever stood for. Yeah, the new left and the new establishment media. I mean, I, I was talking to Glenn Greenwald a couple of days ago, and it reminded me, I, 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 Glenn came to this studio in, in 2015. I remember April 2015, and we were talking a couple, right down the, the, uh, the hallway here about what, what should we talk with Glenn Greenwald? You know, he's a big lefty, big yeah. Bernie Sanders guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, we talk about, you know, surveillance state and about, you know, the, the Snowden and Hillary Clinton being established. And it was a great interview you did with him. And it was a couple of blocks, and, we, and he did some things for the website after that was eight years ago and that was a time that glenn greenwald was a regular on chris hayes's show on msnbc and on cnn pulitzer prize winning journalist Mm -hmm. the way that glenn is now perceived in the press i mean he is like persona non grata on anywhere else in the press these days and it's not because glenn greenwald changed or matt taibbi or barry weiss or you or me we are essentially the same, or a lot of people in this audience, but the, the corporate press has changed so much that a person who has the exact same ideals like Glenn Greenwald or, or others is now just completely excommunicated and assigned to places like you know Substack or Rumble now, and, and great, because they can accrue a big audience, but that's not them changing. That is, as I lay out and uncovered, the corporate press fundamentally changing from the way they were even five, seven years ago. I said uh, in 2007, maybe, that the media is going to come to a place to where um, government needs them, they need government, and tech is going to need both of those too. And they're going to start getting money from the government right how long can these things last i mean they are just hemorrhaging cash yeah hemorrhaging yeah the business model has has completely changed and and that's a thing i mean if the cnn's of the world were doing everything right journalistically every single day the traditional viewer of cnn is going away and finding other outlets and so so i do think that that's some of them is heaven or hell (laughs) dying pretty quickly that's yes yes that that is the business model yeah Yeah. it's a a very old model um and a lot of it i I have to say is is twitter because you know twitter has has shown in a very real way it's one of the reasons i actually love twitter is because we get to see the media treat the these this open platform like it's their diary Mm -hmm. and they can just read that in i read that in the book i loved that observation it was it was the first time you could see them, right? You know what I mean, right? And they—I don't think they understand how how you know damaging it is to the credibility of the journalists themselves and the organizations because you get to see how I, I, I describe in the book a New York Times reporter who, right after uh, uh, Governor Northam won in Virginia, described it as a the only reason as white grievance politics, and they were able to change it. This is what he just his instant analysis, right? A few days later, this is a, a news journalist, a news reporter, 
publishes a story talking to a dozen people, a dozen white farmers in, in the border of Virginia mm-hmm. and West Virginia, and covers the story as exactly that way. And so you see, he, he, it, if it was an opinion column, fine. But he, call, he starts with a place he already knows where he's going to go. And you can see it play out on Twitter. And then you can track that all the way. And so I, I lay out story after story like this in Uncovered, not just to, to say this is what happened, but also so the, the average American can see this is the truth. This is why it happens so and I, be better. I get this question all the time. And I know at the end of the book, you talk about, you know, things that, that the media can yeah. do and we can do. But I hear this all the time. I don't know how to, I don't have the resources of a staff and everything else. How do I, where do I go for the truth? And, and how do I know when I have the truth? Yeah, it's, it's, it's extremely challenging. And you're right. Most people are not like me where I'm, I'm digging into the media Correct. every single day. They don't That's have the our time. job. Exactly. Yeah. People are, have families and lives right. and like to go outside and not spend all day on Twitter. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think it's really challenging. But I do think that, that it makes places like this show and the Megyn Kelly show and what's happening on Substack with people like, you know, Matt Taibbi even more valuable because they can cut through the noise and you can do it. Look, I, I, I've, I've sort of curated a Twitter feed that I trust. Okay. That, that takes time also. That's challenging. But I, I think in the absence of a corporate press that's really serving the people, and I, I don't anticipate them changing in a fundamental way anytime soon. I, I, I think that they get that there's a problem because, as you mentioned, financially, there's a problem. So I get they, they understand it, but they are not going to turn this giant tanker around very fast. And so in the, in the absence of that, I think you need to find the people that you trust to cut through the noise, to give it to you straight, and, and rely on them. So I feel like the IT person for the entire world uh, the, we were just talking about this. The federal government is like, it's all broke. I don't know what to do. Same with the media. Well, I don't know what to do. Have you tried unplugging it and plugging it back in? <laughs> Restore it to the factory settings. Any chance that they save themselves and get it in the end? I, I think that there's a chance. I'm generally an optimist, um, but I think it's going to take a very long time. Because honestly, it's not just that they're, it's, it's not ideological. There's so many problems with the anti-speech activists. But also, I remember, Glenn, the first time we ever met was in like 2009. It was because I was a viewer of your Fox show, not even as a fan politically, but as just a fan of television. And, and you were doing something so different and so unique at the time. That is really missing in a lot of places. I, I, it's few and far between that you get anything that's not boring, consensus, bland. They don't know how to do it. Day. Yeah. They don't know how to do it. And, and that's a problem, too. Because yeah. if you know exactly what the person you, you're going to tune into is going to say every day, and you also don't particularly trust that person, like on CNN or MSNBC or ABC or CBS, then you, what's the point? What's the reason? And you're right. It's going to take a full-scale reworking of the, of the entire media ecosystem to get it back into place that serves the people. Imagine how arrogant you have to be. If, you know, because when I left Fox, you know, half the country hated me, hated me. Yeah. Um, and you can't, you can't be in that position without going, gosh, am I that person? You know? Yeah. They have, what, a 13% approval rating? That, that's, that's crazy. Nobody is a fan of any of the journalists. Um, and how arrogant do you have to be to keep getting the message that we don't agree with you and keep doubling down saying it's you, not yeah. me. And they can't dismiss it as politics either. I write about in the book, one of the polls, the independent line, I think is so important, right? The independent line and trust in the press has 
completely fallen off a cliff in five years. Now, what does that say? That's not people that are just hardcore MAGA fans of Trump. Correct. No, this is people that the, the, the average person who's not a overly political, may, maybe, who's not someone who you know, cares about politics every day, just wants the general news. They've lost an immense amount of trust because they don't see a place like the New York Times or a place like CNN as the boring old news anymore. Now they have a spin also. Well, I can't trust them either. That's, that's a real problem. And that's not ideological either. Steve Krakauer is uh, who I've been talking to. The name of his book is Uncovered, How the Media Got Cozy with Power, Abandoned Its Principles, and Lost the People. It really is. If you want to understand uh, what's happened and how to navigate in a sea of people that you just don't trust, Steve was in the system like I was in the system. He got out of the system and now he's out of the power centers and it clears your vision. And I have to tell you, I so respect you for not using a single uh, source that is unnamed. Right. You refuse to do that, right? Talk to 26 people on the record. Everyone puts their name to it. People in the industry also, New York Times, people, former New York Times staffers, really tell it to, to me straight. It, it took a lot of convincing to do that, I but I think it's it. important because, yeah, I, I don't think people trust anonymous sources anymore either. And I have respect for people who will put their name behind what they say. Thank you so much, Steve. Thanks, Glenn. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Get the book now. It is Uncovered by Steve Krakauer. Um, I buy precious metals have since after 9-11 um, because uh, I thought the world could go insane. And uh, gee, it has gone insane. Now I buy precious metals and I have precious metals because I truly believe we are at the end of the U.S. dollar. Uh, I don't know when it's going to happen. I, I think it's going to happen before the next president. So much is going to change before the next president. We're going to be at war. And we will have uh, the beginnings of a new currency or we will be at the end of this currency in the next two years. I hope I'm wrong. But if you have everything you have in currency, you know, you're you're in trouble because you'll you'll get your money out, but your money won't be worth anything. It's like Venezuela. You need to make sure that you have some precious metals, please. I'm not asking you to buy a bunch of it. Just even 5%, 10% of what you have for your retirement, please protect it with metals from uh, Goldline. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. The Betsy Ross Silver Round, which was designed by my good friend uh, Carol Roth. It's exclusive for Goldline clients this week only. With every Betsy Ross Silver Round you buy, you get the matching Betsy Ross Copper Round for free. These will sell out. Get them now. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE. 10 seconds. Station ID. You know why? He lives here in Dallas. He's such a good guy. Why, 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 why isn't he here more frequently? I think he's a, he's got a very big show he's producing. I'm sure it's a lot of work over doing the Megan Kelly program. Really? Yeah. So he does. He hasn't learned how to slough off from you yet. I've been trying to teach him. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. You don't understand how much stuff you can ignore. Steve. Yeah. I've I mean, got to tell you, I don't even listen to the show. Yeah. He sits there and yep, 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 yep. When he looks at me, I just like uh, say something you know that might fit, and then I listen while he's talking. And then as soon as he turns away, you stop listening. Oh, I don't listen when you're talking. Though. That part oh, really? is not true. But the rest well, of it. how did you respond to? 
I'm just that guessing random <laughs> response. I'm like AI. <laughs> AI. I've got chat GPT internally now. Yeah, that's and really I just, good. Whatever really is good. said in the room. No, it's that's uh, he's he's you know the the book is really good and it goes through not only um, a bunch of the big media controversy, the Hunter Biden laptop being a great example of it. Um, he goes through that like it, you know, all sorts of detail, but also a lot of the, these smaller stories that you don't really remember. Like, you know, he goes into a lot of detail. One of the one of the stories was the Sharon Osbourne situation. Mm-hmm. Remember when mm-hmm. she got fired? And like, I kind of remember that. And it kind of, you know, it, some of it was familiar, but like all of the details of that story, it's completely bonkers. They have the other hosts on tape saying they didn't even feel the way they said they felt on the air and still she got fired it's crazy you know and it's story after story like that and, and you know he, he he mentions in the book something the effect of like you know he said he comes at it a little bit differently than i do i think which is like he's like i love the media but i want them to be better i want to help them get better yeah and like that's a good approach it would be nice if we could get to a place where the media I'd just wasn't constantly antagonistic i know i'd 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 support that too if i yeah. thought it was possible yeah it, it just does not feel like a heavy just list. not possible <laughs> i just don't think that'll ever ever happen and hey good for us go to the blaze tv sign up now blaze tv.com slash glenn all kinds of information and people you can trust we admit when we're wrong the glenn back program all right never comes at a good time but uh the absolute worst is when that check engine light goes on and you go in and it is actually something you know and that usually happens just about when you're like i think we're gonna be able to save enough money for a vacation you're starting to think yeah i can feel the sand between my toes check engine light oh you've got to be kidding me when you're sitting on the side of the road waiting for the tow truck to show up, wondering what the repairs of your car going to cost, if you only had CarShield, you may not be worrying about it. CarShield offers affordable protection plans to fit every budget for the big stuff. You know, when you have a, when you have a chip going down, that could be $3,000. It's crazy. Crazy. The costly repairs, they'll take care of. I want you to look at all of the warranties, pick out the one that fits for you, but you have lots of options. And please, this is like, uh, you know, having catastrophic health care for your car. Car Shield, 800-227-6100, 800-227-6100, carshield.com slash Beck. Use the promo code Beck, save 20% right now, carshield.com slash Beck. An antidote to what's going on in the media. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. All right, I want to... I want to alert you first. This is a conspiracy theory. This isn't happening. No joke, folks. I'm telling you, it's like my pop used to say. Don't listen to these crazies like Glenn Beck. They always will tell you things that sure turn out to be true, but they're conspiracy theories. No joke. I ain't kidding. Um, The World Health Organization and the WEF and our CDC and the Biden administration and administrations all over the world are just chomping at the bit to hand your sovereignty over to the WHO. Now, The WHO and the World uh, Economic Forum and all the rest of these wonderful cats, they all have uh, they've all decided that 
the world would be a safer place for the next pandemic, which I thought these were 100-year events. Let them worry about it in 100 years. I just uh, For the next pandemic that could be coming at any time, um, that the World Health Organization needs to be in charge of the entire globe's response because they had some stragglers last time, some people who disagreed with them, and they just need to be able to coordinate everything at the World Health Organization. And I think all Americans feel like if we just would have had that guy from Nigeria that was uh, in bed with China running everything here, oh, it would have been so much better. Frankly, between the two, I'll stick with Fauci. Thank you. That's saying something. Yeah. Now, let me go to Daniel Horowitz, who is the <laughs> author of The Rise of the Fourth Reich, uh, which talks a lot about uh, the fascistic uh, kind of policies from the CDC and Fauci. Um, tell me, can you point people to the evidence where they can find all of this? Because I, I know it because I've been following it, but... I also see when you search this, it's all, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory. That's not happening. You know, you know Glenn, it's, it's so funny. When Steve and I wrote The Rise of the Fourth Reich, uh, you know, we thought this would per- perhaps be over with by now. Mm. But I guess you and I have aged 100 years. We're already on to the next one. Right. So, l- l- let's just zoom back and see what's going on here. We thought this is all kind of over. I mean, everyone says, you know, no one's dying from COVID anymore. We should go back to our lives. But they have ICD-10 codes to track recalcitrant people that don't want to get vaccinated. They take the COVID shots, despite everything that came out about it, they put it on the child immunization schedule. Then they work on this COVID uh, pandemic treaty or international health regulations to synchronize our response. Then we start, after we hear that the Wuhan lab indeed was the source of the virus and it is synthetic, which we always knew, well, now we have people getting bird flu in Cambodia and China that somehow oh, that jumped to mammals and now evidently even human beings really quickly. Oh, and there's also Marburg's the hemorrhagic fever that is in Guinea-Bissau, if you could believe that. Um, they're going around spreading polio throughout Africa with this live attenuating polio virus. Oh, and then whatever happened with those biolabs in Ukraine mm. where we were told in October 2016 they were studying surveillance and diagnostic of dangerous zoonotic diseases right. such as avian influenza and then the ceo of metabiota nathan wolf who runs those biolabs that a year later we still don't hear about what they're doing and where they stand in august 1st 2014 in time magazine he predicted well you know there's going we're going to be blindsided by these things coming around like coronavirus and other influenzas, and there's unidentified viruses in animal reservoirs, among which almost certainly is a virus that we'd have no capacity to understand. And I I think this is the important thing. A lot of people hear about Wuhan, and it's like ho-hum, it's anticlimactic. We knew that already. But what's important is... It's still going on. If this were natural, then you could say, ah, maybe these guys are just really good at their trade. What do they call it? Pandemic insurance? the PREDICT program from USAID. Man, these guys are good at what they do, predicting it. But it was synthetic. So how the heck were they able to predict all of that? And then they have the legal structure in place. Oh, and one more thing, Glenn, I left out of the, I can't believe I forgot this, two more provisions. There's a provision in the omnibus to, you guessed it, 
authorized the FDA to block off-label use of therapeutics, and they're rushing Pfizer's um, RSV shot for seniors who never die from RSV, and the panel of the FDA advisory board that voted 7-4 to to recommend it all admitted the data stinks, there's problems with Guillain-Barre, someone even died in the GSK version of it, their trial. It's all good. It, let's get this out on the market. We'll have post-surveillance, post-marketing surveillance. And you're looking at this, and each element of what we all went through, the gain of function, the blocking of treatment, the centralized control and surveillance, and the dangerous, needless therapeutics, they're not only not walking away from it, they are reloading. Oh, they are re- reloading. And the WHO is... Um, talking about this structure and our state department is about to sign this treaty. Um, and many say, I believe this to be uh, the case that this will sign away our sovereignty on these medical issues that you'll have to fight against. I mean, the WHO doesn't have teeth yet, um, but if it ever gains teeth, you're done and there is one state that is taking this on. And I think this is the perfect bill. This should be just cut, copied, and paste uh, and run through every state house. Um, it is a uh, bill HB 0413, and it states the United States Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the World Health Organization shall have no jurisdiction in Wyoming. Uh, and any requirements, mandates, recommendations, instructions, or guidance provided by either organization shall not be used in this state to justify any mask, vaccine, medical testing requirements, and shall have no force or effect in Wyoming. That's fantastic. Absolutely that was fantastic. That bill I, I helped write. It was inspired. It's one of the action items in the book that Steve and I wrote that we wanted it to be forward-looking. The way to fight globalism is with localism. Yep. It, it is the fact that you need, look, we have Republicans in control of half these state governments. It should be a no-brainer baseline view. This is a baseline. It's a pro-life issue. After everything we've been through, we must prevent any CDC or WHO public health regulations from being promulgated in the state. But I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, Glenn, you might think with a 57 to 5 Republican majority in that House, this thing would sail through. But in fact, it failed 29-32. Those are the five most impactful you Democrats in the country. Um, they got half the Republicans and those five Democrats. And, and, and let me just say this. It wasn't just this bill. We have failed to pass a single bill rectifying mass mandates, vaccine mandates, um, emergency powers, anything in the state of Wyoming and many other red states, by the way, in, 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 in the third state, third straight consecutive legislative session. It is shocking. I guess, Glenn, it's got to get worse. I guess it wasn't bad enough what we went through. I have to tell you, these red states um, that just think they're safe because they've got all right. We are. Well, we're a Republican state. You don't understand progressivism. Progressives that it came that party came from a republican okay it has uh its its roots in both parties 
And uh, and that's why you're not that's why you're getting the same old, same old from a lot of these Republicans. And Texas is this way. Wyoming is this way. Utah is this way to where a lot of these peoples, you know, we used to call them rhinos. They're they're it's dangerous. You know, a rhinoceros or is it a hippo is one of the most dangerous animals on the planet. Um, And you don't think of it. I think it's a hippo. You don't think of it as being real dangerous, but they're fast. Uh, They're they're They'll kill you quickly. Um, That's that's really we don't have rhinos. We have hippos and they are stomping on the rights of people. These states have got to clean house against the Republicans that are voting down freedom bills. These if you don't take care of those uh, red states, you got nothing. You got nothing. You got nothing. I mean, a lot of people talk about national divorce, and I'm a big fan of that. But you need something to divorce with. Um, You need to make red states red again. And the problem is it's not only that they're voting down bad stuff. We still have to play defense in a number of these states. The red states are actually leading on the green energy scam with the carbon capture and solar and wind. I mean, you got that in Texas and spades. They're bragging about how they're the biggest renewable energy uh, state. And that sure did a lot in the 2021 uh, uh, winter crisis when over 700 people died and that grid failed. Um, You have this carbon capture eminent domain in the Dakotas and Iowa taking place now. We're losing the bill to prevent that. You have just yesterday uh, the first bill in the entire country that will grease the skids for uh, central bank uh, digital currency passed South Dakota, HB 1193, Jeez, the pass. House and the Senate. And, you know, because all the big banks are headquartered yeah, there, and I think that's why they, they targeted South Dakota. I mean, hopefully Christy Nome will veto, veto that it. bill. I you got to call Christy Noble. You got to call her office and tell her to veto that bill. Um, I, I have got to run, but I'd love to have you uh, back on, um, Daniel, because you're, you're just so up on all of the facts on this. I really appreciate it. What we've been talking about is a new treaty with the World Health Organization that will promote global health equity. Okay. Now, if this passes... Uh, it is going to be, it'll be a death sentence if there is a pandemic for millions of Americans. The United States, if we sign on to this, will be obligated to hand over 20% of our medical supplies, including diagnostic tests, antiviral medications, and vaccines. We have to turn it over to the WHO, and they will distribute it as they see fit throughout the world and it's article 10 of this is it's real time it's not oh we've got this vaccine you guys take care of yourself so you can make more no 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 it's real time you got something that the world needs we take it from you right now it's not american people or you know people of other countries first this is insanity if absolutely insanity it's got to stop. It is a, uh, a treaty that Joe Biden is negotiating right now with the World Health Organization. We will keep you up to speed on this, but it's going to have to be approved by the Senate and hopefully it will not pass. But they are pushing hard for this. We'll keep an eye on it for you. How happy are you with your cell phone provider? Does your service come at a reasonable rate? Do you get good customer service when you need it? 
And by the way, is your uh, mobile uh, provider one of those woke companies that donate some of your money to things that you strongly disagree with? Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. The BBC just did an expose on them and how they are getting themselves involved in the school board meetings. And they're, they're, they're standing up for the right of free speech and the right to life. When the BBC is doing a, a, a documentary expose on an American cell phone company that most Americans haven't heard, you know they are hitting the target. They provide great service, they will save you money, and they are hitting the target. They are standing for things that we all believe in, and they're putting their money and their time where their mouth is. 100% U.S.-based customer service team will make your switching easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash back or call them at 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code BECK. Save money, get great service, patriotmobile.com slash back join the conversation 888-727-BECK the glenn back program Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Yesterday, uh, Stu mentioned you don't want to ever meet your heroes. You never want to meet the famous people that you think because they'll usually disappoint you. I don't find that universally true, but a lot of times true. And we were talking about how my wife and I, I took my wife to a B.B. King concert and she fell asleep. She did not like the blues. And uh, and I'm like, it's B.B. King. How can you fall asleep? I'm really tired. It's B.B. King. We went backstage to meet him. And uh, I said, BB didn't even look at me. Now, I found the pictures yesterday. Okay, so if you're a Blaze TV subscriber, and I'm sure we'll post this later. This is, no, start with the other one where I'm first meeting him. No, no, that one. Okay. Yeah. I'm first meeting him. Notice he's not looking up at me. No. Okay. He's not looking. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm handing him a pin or I'm yes. shaking his hand or something. But that's, that's as good as it got with me. Then he did look up and he, he saw my wife, my then girlfriend, and he said, oh, my gosh, sit over here with B.B. Sit on B.B.'s lap. She didn't sit on his lap, but she pulled a <laughs> chair right next to him. Now, look at he's looking in the camera. He's smiling. Oh, yeah. He likes he's B.B. King. Oh, yeah. Okay? Uh, he's got a hottie next to him. Mm-hmm. Now play this one. My wife said, you got to get a picture with him. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'd like one. Uh, but he wouldn't even look at me. She's like, just sit in the chair next to him. <laughs> That's the only picture I could get from BB King. I mean, the good thing is you're both looking in the same direction. Yes. Uh, but that's yes. not, not at, at the other. camera mm-hmm. and not at each other. No. No. He's signing a guitar for you. Yes. And um, uh, and uh, that's it. Well, maybe he was upset you didn't offer to sit on his lap. No. No? No. 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 I mean, can you imagine Glenn saying to someone... Come over here and sit on my lap. That you don't know. Come over here and sit on my lap. I that only, is... The only person I would imagine says says that is literally Joe Biden. I y- could you know hear what? him Look. actually say that. Well, and Santa. But Santa, except for those three, you know what I mean? B.B. King, Joe Biden, and, and Santa. Santa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just look at this. Uh, go back to the picture of me. Uh, like uh, The picture of me. There it is. Okay. 
I haven't improved much with age, but I also didn't get any better looking younger. Mm -hmm. Look at my wife. Why did she ever go out with me? I have no idea. So far. I am so far out of her league. Been a, I mean, we've had we have a whole podcast coming out on that question coming up in a couple of weeks. It's going to be a fourteen-part series. Why did Tanya ever get with Glenn? How did it? Stop, please. How Radio did Network. Glenn back program. Turn around on me.